0: They want to know what my take is on the situation going on. I don't have a take. The Word of God is clear. And I just want to talk to you about that this morning. Do you know that we're living in a time, in the last few years, every major denomination has decreased in conversions, baptism, and attendance. And every few years, something catastrophic happens. And there's a, a, a brief resurgence. Uh, you remember some time ago, September 11th. The churches were full after that happening on September the 11th. Then uh, not we had the COVID. And people were arguing over COVID and vaccines and all that stuff and shutdowns and all that and um, and people started thinking is this a pestilence is this the end of the world and then we come again to Israel and what's going on in the Middle East and we think man is this really, this is it This, I mean this this really is it, this is happening we're seeing it unfold right before our eyes And the question I want to ask you this morning, I want to ask you this question is, are you ready? The Lord's rapturing the church is not contingent upon any sign. All throughout the scriptures we are told as the church, not Israel, but as church, That we are not to look for a sign, but for the Savior. And what I want to point out to you is this we're looking at this wrongly. Waiting for the next catastrophe for me to get ready with the Lord is ridiculous because the next event in the Bible is the rapture of the church, it is signless is what we, recall, we would call imminent. It means it can happen at any moment. Do you realize that you have a greater risk breathing air than you do being bombed by Hamas in Ohio? Do you realize that you could leave out this door today and you're at greater risk for having a fatal car wreck than you were to be injured by Hamas? How's that for good news this morning? You live one breath away from death every day and we worry about catastrophic events. If we really believed that Jesus was going to rapture His church and it was imminent, it could happen at any moment, we would want to be ready. We wouldn't have to live in this Eternal state of up and down, up and down, up and down. We could consistently walk by faith with the Lord. Yet, by all statistics, the church is becoming more and more ineffective in the communities we live in. We are declining... And I think it's because we really don't believe or maybe out of sight, out of mind that the Lord could come back at any moment. I don't suppose that we're really looking for a Savior but we're waiting for a sign so we see that sign we can hurry up and get right with the Lord and be okay. That's the way humanity works. but I want to just talk to you a few moments, lay out for you what's going to happen biblically, and I hope that it will help you. First of all, we come to the first thing I want to tell you is this. We should be ready because Jesus promised He was coming again. If we had nothing else in the Bible, but Jesus said, I'm going away to prepare a place for you, and if I go away, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you will be also, that would be enough for us to be ready for Him. That would be enough. We don't see enough Jesus anymore. For 30 minutes we wrestled with trying to get the message on Facebook with technology. We got all this stuff. And it's not helping us. It's not helping us one bit. We have the capabilities to get the word out to all over the world instantly and it's not helping us. You know why? I'm telling you why. Because we're not living as though we're ready to meet the Lord at any moment. Jesus said, don't let your hearts be troubled. We don't have to watch the news and be troubled. Why? Because He's coming again. My hope is not in the government. My hope is in nothing but Jesus Christ and His meeting me in the air. Pulling me out of this place and meeting me in the air. Jesus gave signs to Israel for His second coming. Now there's a difference between the rapture and the second coming. The rapture is for the church. The rapture is when He calls us out and we meet Him in the air. The second coming is when we come back with Him after the tribulation period to this earth. There are no signs to the church for the imminent return or rapture of the church. There are no signs. We've never been told to watch the stars or the, and, and we go to Matthew chapter 24 and we see, you know, there's earthquakes. Yes, you know that there were earthquakes last weekend, multiple earthquakes around the world. There are pestilences. They're talking about the COVID coming back and there'll be something always because the Bible said And there's all these things in Matthew 24. But Matthew 24 has nothing to do with the rapture of the church. It has everything to do with the second coming of Christ. There are no signs. But there are instructions, things that he says will happen in the Scriptures. And it's important that you and I know what these things are. Because the better we know these things the better prepared we can be. In the Word of God in 2 Timothy, chapter 3, if you would just allow me to go there, I've preached on this, you've heard this many times, I, we move from the promise of Jesus' coming to the characteristics of last days. Listen, the Bible said there's some things that's going to happen and evil is going to get worse and worse, and we're seeing that today. Now, I, I'm not being political, and, and if I'm, I'm not... I'm just telling you the truth we're having an election in which they're trying to craftily sneak in abortion late term abortion it's not a political issue it is a biblical issue and the decline of humanity is going to happen and is happening Notice what the Word tells us in 2 Timothy 3, verse 1. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Are we living in the last days? Yes, we're living in the last days. Do you know that the last days extends from the time that Jesus ascended into heaven all through until He comes again? That is considered the last days. You and I are living in the last days. I remember as a kid sitting in the Abundant Life Baptist Church, sitting like most kids with my legs crossed, my arms crossed, they whoops, sorry, thinking, that was me crossing over this, sitting with my arms crossed, now you're awake, sitting there thinking, I wish they'd hurry up and we can get out of here. Now, I'm just telling you the truth. And these guys would preach, and they would say things like, things that are happening today, and I thought, this guy's crazy. He's off his rocker. It's never going to happen in our town. And guess what? It's happening. It's happening. But you know, the Bible tells us it would happen. These are the last days. Perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves. We've never lived in a more narcissistic society where everyone thinks of himself. On more than one occasion, I've been following people into the store. I've seen a lady, a precious lady, walking on a walk, trying to get in the store, and the young guy runs right in and just shuts the door right in her face. We're living in selfish. Times. We live in a time that says, do unto others before they do it unto you. He says, we shall be lovers of money. Our nation can go to hell morally and nobody will care, but as soon as the dollar drops, everybody gets real concerned. Lovers of money. The last week, people dreamed 1.2. $1.4 Five one point four billion dollar lottery, and people bought a lottery ticket. and They dreamed, all oh, all the good I would do with this money! I would give some to the church." Oh, by the way, if you win the lottery and, and, and you give it to the church, just don't tell me, and we're all good, right? But you get a dream, right? You dream, "Oh man, if I had all this money, I wouldn't have to worry. I do, I do this, that, and the other. And, man, we could build this, and we could do so much in missions and." People dream of having that money, but they don't tell you about the curse of the lottery. Look it up, it's real. Look it up, it is real. You can Google it. Just Google curse of the lottery. Don't do it right now in church. Somebody point at your phone and say, I'm to see what you're talking about. That's one of the things about living in this generation. Preachers can be fact-checked instantly. They can go to Google and, and see if you're telling the truth. Boasters, proud... Blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy uh, at a baseball game in L.A. Stadium. It was so grotesque. The evil these people dressed up to make a political point. I am not even going to discuss it. It's proud. It's arrogant. It's boastful. Disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but dying in its power from such turn away. Let me tell you this. We live in a day where you can accuse someone of something on Facebook and it not be true and the world take it as true and you can ruin their character Forever. Forever. One person said the difference between our generation and this generation is when we did stupid stuff, nobody had a phone to record it. Think about that. You better say a big amen right there. These are the last days. And we can look at the last days and we can tell that it is going just the way the Bible says. So based on that too, we should be ready to meet the Lord. But let me just ask you this. How much of the... How much of your time does the Lord get? Could you, in in all sincerity, say that I'm giving my best to Jesus right now? I'm ready, if He were to come today, I'm ready to stand before Him, to look Him face to face in the eye, and say, Lord, I am ready. Could you say, as the Apostle Paul said, I have fought a good fight, I've finished my race. I've kept the faith. Could you, in good conscience, say that? Let me just ask you to turn with me to 2 Thessalonians. I wanted to tell you about, excuse me, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I want to tell you about the rapture. It is imminent. It means it can happen at any moment. And I just want to explain what's going to happen in the rapture. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Verse 13. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. We don't have to sorrow as others that have no hope. Why? Because we have hope in Jesus Christ. We know Jesus. We know Jesus. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with Him those who sleep in Jesus. Those who are dead. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Now let me just explain this to you. When you die, it is a separation. You look at me and you see my body. This is my shell. This is not who I am. This is what the Bible calls my temporary dwelling earthly tabernacle. Who I really am is inside of me is my soul. Who you really are is your soul. It controls how you think. It controls what you do. It's who you really are. That's why when someone dies and they lay them down in the casket, that body is dead. It starts to decompose. It cannot enter into heaven. It's not possible. The Bible tells us that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. It cannot enter into heaven. Your flesh is contaminated. It can't go into heaven. And when you die... Your soul, the Bible says, absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. If you are saved and you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, the moment you die, your soul is immediately with the Lord. You are conscious. You know you're with the Lord. You will see the Lord. You, you will be have the capacity to think. You will see and everything. But your body, because it is flesh, has to go to the grave and it has to rot. Someone once said about a guy... He says, when they walk around the casket and they look in the casket, what do you want them to say about you? And he said, when they come around, I want them to say, look, he's moving. But when that happens, death happens, and that body goes to the grave, and the soul goes to the Lord. Now listen to me. When the trumpet of God sounds and the voice of the archangel sounds and God descends from heaven and he calls those up out of the grave, those bodies will be resurrected. Now listen, 1 Corinthians, I don't have time to go there, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 tells us that in the moment of the twinkling of an eye, our bodies are changed. They're changed from being mortal, decaying, corrupt bodies to immortal to incorrupt bodies. You get a new body. Can you say amen right there? How many of you squeak and groan and moan when you get out of bed in the morning? Amen, you'll have a new body. Can you say amen about that? And you won't have to use WD-40. I still have people trying to put WD-40 on their knees. Lube up them joints. It ain't going to work. There's no, nothing, nothing there. Bone on bone. But anyways, listen to me. Here's what I'm going to tell you. What happens is those bodies will be resurrected and they'll be changed instantly. That's what the Bible says. And your soul and your glorified body will be reunited with the Lord and you'll have a new body just like the Lord. Just like he promised us. And then those of us that are alive and remain, we're still alive on this earth. When the rapture happens, we will be caught up. Now I want you to think about this. Could you think about all of those people who are driving vehicles that are saved and all of a sudden, boop, there's unmanned vehicles? What about airplanes, right? Some people ask me, what do you think about America? Are we going to be a superpower Why are, in the end times? Why are we not mentioned in the Bible? Well, you think about this, all the believers that are taken out, all the mortgages that go unpaid, all the army people and navy and air force and marines that are raptured out all at once, <laughs> our country's going to be in sad shape. That's how it's going to happen. That's why America's not mentioned in prophecy at all. But we're, notice he says that when all were called out, then we will meet him in the clouds, and so shall we ever be with him. And then he says, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. It's to comfort us. But if you're not ready, it's not going to be a comfort. If you're not ready to meet Jesus, it's going to be awkward for you, and you will have the capacity to be ashamed. But you don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to be ill-prepared. You can be prepared to meet the Lord in the air. You can be prepared when you leave this place today that if something were to happen to you, you will be in heaven. Nowhere does he tell the church to watch for a sign. He tells us to watch for the Savior. Watch for the Savior. One fellow was telling me one time he was taking a nap and he took this little, big, long, I call them nuclear naps. Have you ever had one of those? That's where you just lay down, you're so tired, you close your eyes, you don't know what's going on when you wake up, you don't know where you've been, what's happened. And there were people at his house. Family members come in to stay and he said he woke up and everybody was gone. He ran outside and he was so scared because he was a new Christian. He ran outside and there was nobody in the neighborhood. And he thought, oh my goodness, I've missed a rapture. And all of a sudden his family pulled back in. They had gone shopping. And uh, he was motivated to serve the Lord after that. He was scared to death. Listen. The rapture is imminent. It could happen at any time. And you say, well, why doesn't it happen at any time? Why doesn't the Lord? Why hasn't He come and gotten us already? Why does He let things go on the way they are? Why hasn't He come and raptured us out of the church? Why has He let this world become as bad as it is? Didn't He say that He will build His church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it? Why hasn't He delivered us out of here? He could take us out of here and take us home. We would be in glory. We wouldn't have to fool with this. But why hasn't He done that? Peter addresses this in 2 Peter. In chapter 3 and verse 4 he says this. Knowing this, that scoffers will come in the last days walking according to their own lust. Have you ever heard a scoffer? Have you ever heard someone say, you all go to that church in there that believes in the rapture? Have you ever heard that? I've heard that. And I've had other guys that want to argue with me over the rapture. And I don't want to argue with them now because in the rapture when we go up, I want to say, see, I told you so. But notice what the Word of God says. They're walking according to their own lusts and saying, Where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willfully forget, that by the word of God, the heavens of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water, but the heavens and the earth which are now preserved, by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, do not forget this one thing. With the Lord, one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. All He is saying is, God doesn't measure time the way you and I measure time. He controls time. And here's the message. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise as some count slackness, but is long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The reason the Lord hasn't just come down here and shown this world who he is, is because he's long-suffering. He's patient. He's not willing that any should perish, but he wants all to come to repentance. He wants men and women to come to faith in Christ. And there is a last person. There is someone that he says, that's it. And he will come and he'll split those skies. And when he does, it's too late. Because after that, those who are not saved, they will stay here on this earth. And the Bible tells us that the tribulation period will come and it will be a time as there's never been. It'll be an evil time. You see these Hamas over here beheading babies? That will be a daily occurrence in the tribulation period. If you do not take the mark of the beast, they will kill you and have no problem doing it. If you have to have the mark of the beast to buy food, to buy money, or to buy, have medicine, to have money, any of these things, you have to have the mark of the beast. And once you take the mark of the beast, you are damned forever. I am more concerned with the church not being ready than I am the catastrophic events going on in Israel. I'm more concerned that we say we know the answer, but we're not living like we know the answer more than I am about Israel and what's going on over there. Because I know what the Word of God says. And the Word of God says that we don't have to watch these signs. We just need to be ready. We just need to be ready. Now, that's the introduction. Three points, and we're out here. Number one, if I believe that the rapture is imminent... Number one, I will be ready. I'm going to be ready. And listen, God, I'm telling you, all these things that we waste our life on mean nothing. They mean nothing. If you're sitting beside your family, in, in the scope of all the things, all we have in this world is we have Christ and we have our family, and that's it. Everything else is rusting, corrupting, passing away. Everything else is temporal. Temporal. If you do not have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, let me tell you this. The Bible teaches us that there is a literal hell. It was not created for humans. It was created for the devil and his demons. And all those who reject the free grace, the free gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, all those who say no to believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, they go there. And God didn't send them there. They sent themselves there by refusing to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. God has made it so simple that even a smallest of child can be saved. You can't do one thing to be saved. You can't do a lot of religious works. You can't do a lot of good things to be saved. You can only believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Are you ready? If you really believe... That all this is going on over there is prophecy and all these things are happening. Let me ask you a question. Are you ready? Are you ready? Number two, if I believe that the Lord is coming back, I want to be right with God. But number two, I want to be right with my brothers and sisters in Christ. I want to be right with you all. I want to be right with you all. Listen, too much of life is... People have harbored bad feelings over something that's happened in the past that's insignificant, that was a long time ago, that means nothing. John says it this way. How can you say that you love God in whom you haven't seen when you don't love your brother in whom you have seen? Right? If you are a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, I heard a preacher talking, and he was talking about three men, three pastors that were out fishing. He said they all went fishing and they pastored different churches. And one pastor was feeling the camaraderie. And he said, You know, guys, I have to really confess something. He said, I've really struggled. Nobody knows this, but I struggle with alcohol. I've been drinking. And I just really need you guys to pray for me. And I feel like that I need to tell you that. And uh, they were, Wow, wow, we're, we're, we didn't see that coming. And the other guy said, Well, you know, I have to be honest, too. He said, I feel like I should probably tell you all this that I, I've been embezzling money from the church and I don't want anybody to know but I wish you guys would pray for me. And they had a little moment there and the other pastor was sitting there fishing and he was awful quiet and they said, Hey, we're all opening up. Aren't you going to tell anything? And he said, Well, guys, he said, I, hate to t- I, I must confess that I really have a problem with gospel and I can't wait to get off this boat. Funny how we'll do that. We'll talk about uh, people that do these main sins, and then some of the sins of the church are real secret. Like we we gossip, or we do something we shouldn't do. We take advantage of somebody. You know. If I really believe that Jesus Christ is coming back, I want to be right. With you. I don't. Wanna, I'm not. I don't want to fight. I hate fighting. The older I get, I hate fighting. I hate confrontation. I do not like it. I like to. Sometimes, anybody else like to just being in your own bubble? You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, there are sometimes, man, I'm out there at the camp and there's nobody around and I'm thinking, oh, Lord, this is wonderful. This must be heaven on earth. I can't even watch television. They're arguing over this and arguing over that and stuff that's stupid. Stupid. If I'm ready to meet the Lord, I want to be right with you guys. I want to be right with you all. And some of you might harbor some feelings in your life. The most God thing you could ever do is forgive somebody, even if they wronged you badly. That is the most Christ-like thing you can do because everyone in this room has wronged Christ. That's why he went to the cross. Number three, if I really believe that the Lord could come back anytime, I want to take some people with me. I want to take some people with me. We've lost our, our desire to tell people about Jesus Christ. Guys, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm trying to be kind, but and, and I'm not meaning this superficial soul winning where we exalt ourselves. I'm talking about genuinely caring about people and where they're going to spend in eternity. We've lost sight of that. There's not a one of us that we drive down a road and we see a house burning and people we knew people were in the house and we'd go over and knock on the door. Hey, you gotta get out of the house, your house will on fire. And they didn't know it. We'd try to get them out of there. Every one of you would do that. Yet we walk by people we know and we've known for years. We know that they're headed to a place, a literal place called hell, and we don't take a minute and tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, they went to church all their life. Don't take for granted. I sat in the basement of my house talking to a, a teen that grew up in our teen group down in uh, Abundant Life Baptist Church. He was getting married, and they wanted me to officiate the wedding. And I was talking to his fiance, and she grew up in a church in Lavalette, West Virginia. And she was 18, 19 years old, and she told me, I have never heard someone tell me the gospel of Jesus Christ. I heard a lot of sermons, but no one ever told me the gospel. 18 years in a church, and no one told her the gospel yet we got billboards of churches preachers all over the place give to this ministry sow a seed in this ministry you'll be blessed you can have your blessed life now and all that stuff and people are dying and going to hell and nobody cares we don't care if we really believed that jesus could come back at any moment we want to be right with him we want to be right with each other and we want to take some people with us i don't know where you are in your relationship and I, I, I'm a, I love Israel. I support Israel. But I don't think the world is coming to an end because of this invasion. I don't think things are falling apart. I think they're falling in place. But what I am concerned about is I'm concerned that every mainline denomination has had a decrease in conversions, baptisms, and attendance. That's what I'm concerned about. That's what I'm really concerned about. And I'm concerned that I need to be right with the Lord and I want to be right with the Lord and I want to walk with the Lord and I want to see others walking with the Lord and I want to be an encourager, not a discourager. I want to be a builder-upper, not a tear downer And I wish to God some would go along with me. Are you ready? Are you ready to meet the Lord? Would you bow with me for just a moment? Brother Harry, could you come and play something?